Well, good morning, One Church. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Uh, welcome uh, to our 9 o'clock worship service. How many of y'all enjoyed the worship this morning? Man, that was awesome. Man, that last song, uh, man, one of these days, I'm just not going to preach. I'm going to say, they just need to keep on going because it was fantastic. Love that song, chaotic love. So, really good. Today, we're starting a new series entitled Text. Uh, and uh, today's series, uh, today's sermon is called Text Message. How many of y'all, you know what this sound is? What is that? You've got a what? Text message. In fact, some of you, you, uh, you may have different tones or anything like that, but if you're on your phone, phone right now because uh, everybody thinks that you're on version on the Bible app, but you're really not. You're on Facebook, and you're, you know, and that's cool. I ain't hating some of you on Candy Crush, and I will hate on some of you guys. Um, uh, but I mean, but when, uh, when you hear that sound, all of us, we there it is, we reach for our phones. And here's what's so crazy about that, is you could be, it doesn't matter who you're with, you could be with like the President of the United States. But if you hear that sound, you're going to grab your phone out of your pocket, and it's like, okay, excuse me, I'm going to turn this off. But really, what are you doing? You're checking your text message. You're reading your text message. I mean, it's like, hey, the person who is with you right now, uh, and face-to-face, you're not as important as anybody else who's actually texting me right now. That's kind of the, the message it sends to people. But all of us, my wife and I, we were on a date um, a couple, it was about a week ago. And, um, and we were at the Outback um, because we love to bloom an onion, right? So we're sitting there and, uh, thank you, and we're sitting there and Kim says, hey, look over and at the booth next to us, there was four people in the family. There was two kids, and then there was a mom and dad, and every one of them were on their phones. And, in fact, the, the, the kid, uh, the guy, he had headphones in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just can't get over that because they were all, they were all encompassed. They were all texting, and you could hear the dings going off and all this stuff. And here's the thing. Text, I mean, I don't know what, uh, like, when you grew up or anything like that, but uh, I didn't grow up with cell phones. Uh, um, in fact, uh, I grew up at a time where, uh, how many of y'all, you still have landlines? Let me see your hands. L- look around. Look, seriously, look around. That's kind of funny. All right. Uh, none of us, uh, almost maybe two or three of you guys in here have landlines. All of us, we have cell phones. And uh, it's kind of been a game changer for a lot of us. I remember growing up, we would be at the kitchen table, and uh, the phone would ring, and my parents would say, don't worry, uh, they will call back what? Later, right? Because really, the reality is the most important people involved in that family were the people around that table um and it really didn't matter when somebody wanted to call right Uh, and then we kind of progressed a little bit farther when it comes to technology and we would be sitting at the table and the phone would ring and we would say this don't worry we'll just let the machine what get it exactly right and again, I totally remember uh, having to record uh, those machines, and you'd have a little cassette tape, and I would always record my voice, and it was always kind of a hoot, right? I would rap and beatbox, and it was, uh, my dad would say, I don't want to hear that mess, and of course, that made me want to do it even more. Um, so, but today, I mean, we live in such a high, uh, 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 just a high-paced 
society that it doesn't matter what you're doing or what's happening if we hear that text ding then we know that we are we've we, we've got to go and here's here's what here's something you never say you never did say this you never do say hey did you read my text message none of us say that here's what we say did you get my text message and the reason why we say that is because we just assume that if you got it you did what you read it exactly right let me tell you something that you've never ever heard in fact this is something you've never ever said you never ever said this you know what chris i got your text message but i didn't read it because i'm not a reader right in fact you would say you know i i got your text message i didn't read it i'm not really a reader i'm more of a talker so if you could leave me a voicemail then um you know or, or call me or something like that then i do that but i don't read i mean none of us have ever said that it is kind of dumb but let me tell you i gotta be honest with you as a pastor i hear that excuse all the time when it comes to reading a text message that god has sent to you and i the bible i hear it all the time you know what chris i'm not a reader and because i'm not a reader then i am not going to read the bible and that's just kind of silly because all of us, when we hear that ding and you get a text message, we read it. And here's the cool thing about text messages. When you get a text message, there's a couple of things that just seems to be true. It, it, usually you get a text message and it's usually from somebody you know. Very rarely do I ever get a text message from somebody I do not know. Um, how many of y'all have you gotten like a wrong number of text messages? Any of y'all? Some couple oh wow more than i thought wow okay um uh, usually it's from somebody you know here's another thing that's true about text messages is when you get a text message uh it's usually current and it's very relevant i mean you could get a voicemail and not listen to it and then after two weeks it's not current or relevant but as soon as you hear that ding you know it's something that's current somebody is texting you immediately and it's relevant and also it's immediate and what's so cool about god's word the text message that God has sent us is it's the same thing. It's very personal. And the reason why God's text message, the Bible, is personal to us is because he made us and he knows us. So it's very personal. Here's another thing. It's also current. It's also current because it touches into every single realm of our life. The Bible, God's text message, it's very personal. And it's, a, and it's very intimate because it's written by the person who created us. Here's another thing. The Bible, God's text message, it's relevant because it contains timeless information timeless principles timeless truths that if you know what if we would have read it when we were younger if we would have spent more time reading god's test message most of us in here would say this we would say this truth that you know what my life would look vastly different than it does today that if i would have gotten in god's word quicker and sooner and started doing it my life would be vastly different some of you differently Others of you, you would have handled school differently had you been into God's Word. Others of you, you would have handled different moral judgments and values and ethics differently. Some of you, your marriage would look different had you been into God's Word. Some of you would say this, you know what? That you're maybe on a second or third marriage and you would say this, that if, if I was in God's Word, 
And if my spouse was in God's word and God's sex message, then there would have never been a second marriage or a third marriage. That that marriage would have lasted. You know, others of you would say, you know what, I would have raised my kids differently had I been in God's text message and if I would have read it and applied it. Some of you, you've raised kids and now they're 17 and you would do anything to be able to rewind the clock and go back and be able to change some things. But for whatever reason, you didn't. You didn't get into God's text message. And it may have been because I don't like reading, I don't have time, I'm just not a reader. Maybe it's hard But that doesn't hold any water because all of us, we read our text messages. We check our messages every time we hear that ding. So why don't we read God's text message? Why don't we get into it? Some of us, it may be because, you know what, I I don't know if it's true. And and again, if that's kind of you, we're going to be talking about that next week. We're going to be diving into that. Can we trust it? Others of you are like, I don't know where to start. And again, I totally get that. Others of you is like, I don't know if I can understand it. And I totally get that because I grew up in a church that the, they, I mean, the pastor would get up and here's how he would read God's word. God saith, but of thee, of the, the, of the tree of the, uh, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. I need a drink. I don't know what a shout and a thouest, and I just, I don't talk like that. And again, if that's you, if you don't know, and by the way, I know somebody's going to send me an email for that comment I just said, all right, chris at onechurch.tv, all right? Anyway, but here's the thing. I believe, I believe that God has given us a text message and that he wants us to understand it. He wants us to read it. So let me tell you where I'm going over the next four weeks. I'm going to do everything in my power and everything in my ways of just being able to talk and be able to help you. I just want you to read the Bible. It's getting crazy in here. I just want you to read God's Word because I believe that God's Word is the authority for our lives and that if we would read God's text message our lives would be vastly different. And I want to remove any and every excuse that you might have for reading God's Word. Some of you say, well, I don't have a copy of the Bible. Okay, well, we give them away for free. All right? They're out there. If you you don't have a copy of God's Word, you can leave right now and get it. In fact, maybe you don't like me and you don't like my speaking. You can leave right now and pretend you're getting a Bible and everybody say, oh, he's spiritual. But you're not. You're just leaving. Okay, I ain't hating. I ain't. So, all right, but here's the thing. We give these things away for free. You couldn't, you couldn't buy it, and you couldn't give us money if you wanted to. Because we want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. And it's a, it's a translation that does have all the these and thou us and the sayest and the verily, verilys. Anybody had a verily, verily once? Penicillin took it away, anyone? Okay. Um, so we want you to get into God's Word and start reading it. Now, some of you are like, well, I don't know where to begin. And again, if that's the case, I get that as well. Let me tell you, we have an environment that we're getting ready to start on September the 27th in two weeks during the 9 o'clock service, and it's called Starting Point. And let me tell you what Starting Point is. It really is giving you a starting point to read the Bible. 
And, and, and here's the cool thing about this environment. This environment is for beginners, people who are just starting out on their spiritual journey. It's for seekers, people who really don't know if this is true or not. And you can ask any question you want to ask. Uh, excuse me, uh, why is there evil in the world? Great question. Nobody's going to laugh at your question, and we're going to answer your questions about God's Word. And then it's also for returners. Starting point is for returners, people who maybe were in church and then they left. And, and it really does give you a starting point. It kind of gives you the big picture of how to understand God's Word. And if you're interested in starting point, my uh, uh, Interact with Dave message to that 249 number, you can just text me. I'm interested in starting point, all right? And we're going to get back with you. So make sure to do that, all right? Now, here's our big idea today where we're going, and then we're going to dive into God's Word, and we're going to just see this uh, just, uh, just absolutely flower and bloom, all right? Here's our big idea. Oh, it's right here. Simply this. Big idea. To grow closer to God, you, you've got to do what? Okay, one more time. Let's all say this together. To grow closer to God, you've got to read the Bible. Now, some of you are like, that's kind of basic. Yes, sir. All right. Anybody remember? I think it was uh, 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 not Vince Guaraldi. That's the dude who did the music for the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, by the way, it's getting cold, and I'm I'm wanting to listen to Christmas music. Who's the dude? Uh, Vince, uh, the football player, the coach. Thank you. Some of you are like. I've lost all respect for you, Pastor. Okay, I totally get it. But you may, at one time, he ended up going to his football players, and he says, you know what, and they were stinking it up. And he said, you know what, he lifted up a football, and he said, this is a football. He kind of got back to the basics, and that's what this is, right? So we're going to do not what Vince Guaraldi does, but what Vince Lombardi does, and we're going to get back to the basics because to grow closer to God, you've got to read the Bible. You see, if you want to get closer to God... You want to get closer to God. If you want to understand what he wants for your life, there is no other way than to read God's word. If you want to grow spiritually, then you've got to read the Bible. And and again, that's the way God set this up. If you want to know what he's thinking, if you want to know what he thinks about this and that on, on this topic, if you want to know what God values, here's the thing. He has communicated with you that God loves us so much, he just didn't leave us in the dark. He gave us his word, not so that it will be a wonderful coffee table thing to collect dust. No, he gave us his word so that we can read it and we can start doing it. How many of y'all have ever studied for a test? Let me see your hands. How many of y'all have ever studied for a test like this? Anyone? All right, thank you. Thank you so much. I have studied for tests like this, and let me tell you, it doesn't go well for me because this does not get the content in here. Or let me say this. How many of y'all like food and like eating? All right, right, that means you're human, all right? And here's the thing. If I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You, you, we're going to, I'm going to buy you a meal, one meal every week, and you're going to fill up as, it doesn't matter, it could be as big as you want. You can eat as much as you want, but you only get to eat one meal a week. Some of you are going, mmm. I mean, you have me eat as much as you want, and me buy-in, but you are like, I can only eat one meal a week? I mean, you could go to the cracker, and you could get Uncle Herschel's breakfast, right? And you could get that, and you can dive into it. And you can push back from the table, and you go, oh, that was amazing. I am stuffed to the rafters, and I am not going to eat anything the rest of the week. No one has ever said that. Because eating one meal a week 
doesn't do anything for you. It fills you up, but just a couple of hours later, you're going to be what? Hungry. And if you wait a day later, you're not just going to be hungry, you're going to be hungry. Right? That's how it is. I mean, one meal a week doesn't do it, but all of us. Here's what we do. We will get a helping of God's food, and we'll eat once a week, and we won't touch it until we come back. And by the way, somebody's pre-chewing it for us. Right? All right? And, and, and we want to know, how come we're not growing? And a lot of times we'll blame it, we'll blame it on the pastor. Well, you're, you're just not being deep enough. Okay. Well, when, and again, if you're growing, I could, be, I could be the best communicator in the world. But if you only get into this once a week, you will not grow. You will not grow. This is what the, Jesus calls the Bible. Jesus calls the Bible food. It says this in Matthew 4, 4. But Jesus said, people need more than bread for their life. They must do what? Feed on every word of God. He says, this is food. And how many of y'all, you, you've like been around a baby before? Anybody? I mean, like young babies, about every two hours, what do they do? They cry. Why do they cry? Because they're hungry. Right? They're hungry. And why, and why do they, every two hours, why are they eating so much? It's because they're growing. They're developing. Listen to how Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, described God's word. Like newborn babies, you must do what? You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will do what? Grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have a taste of the Lord's kindness. You see, what Peter is saying is this. That if you and I, about every two hours, if you're young spiritually, you got to be in God's Word. Some of you are like, I got jobs and stuff. I ain't got enough time for that. All right? And here's the thing. I get that. But you've got to figure out a way, practically, where you can spend time in God's Word daily. And at the end of this series, we're going to kind of give you those tools so that you can do that. All right? And, and, and again, if you, if you don't get into this, you won't grow. It just, just you've got to crave. As much as a baby is growing so quickly because they're eating so much, if you want to grow quickly spiritually, then you've got to eat a lot of this. In fact, one of my kids once asked me, Dad, why do older people stop growing? And unfortunately, it's because that many of us, we stop craving, craving and we stop feeding ourselves spiritually. That's kind of a hard-hitting question. It's not enough to listen to somebody talk about it, somebody to pre-chew it for you. And some of you say, well, Chris, I've tried, and it's just so hard. Well, you know what? I don't think reading God's Word is hard. Let me tell you what's hard. What's hard is not reading God's Word and making some really stupid decisions in your 20s that affect your 30s and 40s. That's hard. Let me tell you what's hard is by not getting into God's Word and making some really dumb value judgments when you're in college that impact your entire life. Hard is making really poor choices in terms of who you marry or how you conduct yourself in that marriage. That is hard. Hard is raising your kids in a way that doesn't take them to the place that you want them to be when they're 17 years old. And then when they're 17, they're gone 
and it's too late. That is hard. Spending 10 to 15 minutes a day reading this isn't that hard. It isn't. So today, if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones, you can go to Version. I want you to look at a passage of Scripture that is all about God's Word. In fact, we're going to be looking at, in the book of Psalms, the, the word Psalms is from the Hebrew word, and it literally means songs. And just as we listen and we shazam songs that we like on the radio, and we can look at the lyrics, we are reading the lyrics of a song, of like Israel's top 40 hits. And today, in Psalm 119, this is what's so cool about this, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses. In fact, if you have a Bible, if you pretty much open it up to the very middle of the Bible, you're going to be in the book of Psalms. Psalm 119 is what we're going to be looking at today. And Psalm 119, I believe that David is the person who wrote this psalm. We don't know exactly, but I, I, I really do believe it's David. And what's so cool about David is every verse, every verse is talking about God's Word. It's kind of cool. They would, uh, and, and it follows the Hebrew alphabet, you know, the A, B, C, D, E. And at every section begins with, this will be with A. And then I'll talk about a, a God's word, and it begins with that section A, and then B. And what happens is, like, little kids would learn the ABCs by looking and reading at Psalm 119. And every verse, you find a different synonym for God's word because the big idea of Psalm 119, that if you want to get closer to God, you've got to read the Bible. Now here's what's so cool about this. David wrote it, and when David wrote Psalm 119, he didn't have the full 66 books of the Bible that you and I have today. He only had the first seven. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and Judges. That's what he had. And here's what's amazing about those first seven books that David, when he's referring to God's word, he's referring to those seven books, is that these were books that were written hundreds of years before David was even born. Hundreds of years. So when David kind of digs into it, um, uh, it, it's like they're just, it's written way before David's time. And here's also, those first seven books aren't the most interesting books in the Bible. If you've started reading God's Word kind of from the beginning, let me tell you, if you stopped, it was in the book of Leviticus. All right? I'm just telling you. Because it is not the most exciting book in God's Word, right? But David, having those seven books, he said, you know what? God is speaking to me through His Word. Now, here's what's so interesting about that, is many of us, Many of us, we say, well, you know, is the Bible relevant because it was written thousands of years before us? Well, look at what David said about God's Word, those first seven books. Psalm 119, starting at verse 97. Oh, how I love your what? Instructions. We need to stop right there. David was a dude, right? He was a guy, and he's saying, I love your instructions. Said no man ever. Right? Because if you're a guy in here, here's what I know about guys, is we don't read the instructions, do we? Most of us don't. We do not like instruction manuals. And, and again, I, I get this. My dad, I don't think he's in here. Uh, my dad, for Christmas, when he was always, you know, at, like up late at night trying to put the bicycle together, and, I, you know, it was supposed to have two wheels, and mine usually had one. It was the ugliest unicycle ever. 
because he didn't read the instruction manuals, right? I was that kid, you know, who, okay, I'm going to get on the bike for the first time, and then it crumbles because he didn't read the instruction manual. Guys, we don't like reading the instruction manual, but David says, no, no, no. I love God's instructions. He is the king of an entire nation. And he says, I love God's instructions. Keep on going. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them how often? All day long. Now, let's just pause right there. All day long. David thinks about them more than just uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. David thinks about them how often? All day long. It's not like, and hear me, it's not like David has nothing to do. He is the king running an entire country. He's not just pulling the lint out of his navel going, I don't know what I'm going to do today, right? I mean, he was extremely busy. But hear me, one of the big excuses, well, I don't have enough time to read God's word because I'm too busy. And David says, no, no, no. I am the king of an entire country. And I, I am the leader of a superpower. And I cannot not get into God's word. I love his instructions and I think about them all day long. What do you think about all day long? Because here's the thing. Whatever we think about all day long was going to impact your decisions all day long. They will. Because the, the things that you think about, the things that you meditate on, the things that you just your mind naturally drifts to, that's going to be the things that impact your decisions all day long. Next verse. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies. And I think that's pretty cool. Because what David is saying is, by reading this book... By reading God's text message, I see how God views the world. By reading this book, I see how, what God values the most. By reading God's text message, I see how the world is supposed to work. And it makes me smarter than my enemies. I'm able to see life from God's perspective. And I see how God put it together. And it gives me wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is simply just the ability to read between the lines. To read between the lines. Wisdom is being able to anticipate what somebody needs before they need it so that before they even know that they need it, you know that they need it so that you can provide it. Say that twice. Right? It's to anticipate what needs to happen in light of what might happen. That's what wisdom is. Next verse. Your commands are my constant guide. David is saying, I've so saturated my mind with your word that the decisions that I make, whether important or unimportant, I think about them all day long. They are my constant guide. Your word comes to my mind during the critical times of decision making. They are my constant guide. Next verse. Yes, I have more insight than my teacher's. Uh, what is insight? Insight is the ability to relate unrelated things so that you understand what other people miss. It's like connecting the dots. How many of y'all ever done some of those connecting the dots pictures? I think all of us have, right? When you go to like the restaurant and you got the kids with you, we do those connect the dot pictures, right? In some of the fine restaurants we, we frequent. Um, and we connect the dots, and we don't know what it's going to be until you start connecting the dots. Well, let me tell you, that's what insight does. It allows you the ability to start connecting the dots so that you can see the big picture, and you miss what everybody else misses. You actually get it. You say, oh, that makes, that's clear to me. That's what I should do. Why? For I'm always thinking about your laws. I am even wiser than my elders, verses 99 and 100. David is wise beyond his years. 
people say to me, David, listen, you're only 22 years old. How come you have so much wisdom? And David responds, you know what? I'm not a smart person, but I read God's word and it makes me smart. It makes me look good. It makes me wiser than my teachers. And even though I don't know a lot, the person who wrote it, he knows everything. And the person who wrote it, he is from the beginning to the end. He is kind of outside of time. He's the alpha and the omega. And no, I'm not old and I don't have as much experience as you do. But after reading the text message, it gives me experience. I love that. It says, I'm even wiser than my elders. And look at this next part. For I, what does it say? Obey your commandments. You see, many of us, we usually say this. Okay, God. I read it, I will obey and follow uh, your commands, but you got to tell me the why. I mean, you got to show me the reason why. God, I will do this stuff, but it needs to make sense to me first. You got to show me why. For those that have kids, I mean, you ever tell your child, hey, I need you to do this. Why? Because I, I need you to take out the trash. Why? Because I said so. Why? And that's when you start twitching. You're like, I'm getting ready to lose it, right? Because there's sometimes you, you don't know the why, and he doesn't even need to know the why. You just got to listen and obey. And let me tell you, what's so cool about this? Very rarely do we ever know the why. We just need to obey, and guess what happens? Is when we obey, obedience brings insight. Obedience brings insight. Uh, we think about this way, that God, if you will explain this to me, the why first, then I will do it. But the Bible over and over teaches us that many times we just got to say, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to obey you because you said it. And we discover that in obeying always leads to understanding. To understand why, you've got to read and apply. To understand the why, you've got to read it and apply it. Let me give you an example on this. <clears throat> I, I kind of made a crack on Leviticus earlier. God, in the book of Leviticus, about half of that book is some weird, weird stuff. God's saying, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to uh, uh, do your drinking water. Uh, when you use the bathroom, here's what you do uh, with your waste. Uh, when you, and and you, we read that, and we're like, this is some boring stuff, right? I got pipes and indoor plumbing right? Why in the world? But think about it. He says, he says it on this one. He says, I want you to not eat certain foods. And they're like, well, why? Why? But I don't want you to eat shellfish. I don't want you to eat lobster, shrimp. Uh, I, I don't want you to eat pork. And they're going, why? But here's what the, the nation of Israel did. They just applied it. They didn't understand the why. They just applied it. And what happened is when you obey, obedience always brings insight. And let me tell you, during that culture, the reason why it was important is God cared for them, not only spiritually, but physically. And, and entire cities were wiped out because they didn't know what to do with their waste. In fact, some of you, you know this, you've read history in the bubonic plague. All of that came by waste. But here, God loved the nation of Israel so much, he says, I want you to do this with your waist. Or, I want you to not eat pork. You know what? There's only a, a couple of ways you can eat pork. You can fry it or get botulism. Right? Correct? That's how it is with bacon. 
Fried or botulism. There is no uh, too many. And hear me, entire, entire cities were wiped out because they didn't know how to cook stuff. And things were raw. But see, God loved them so much. He says, I'm just, I'm more interested. I, I, I am interested in, in you as everything. If I'm more interested just in your Sunday morning worship. I wanna, I'm interested in how you live during the week so that you don't get sick and die. Oh, I get that. Well, obedience brings insight. Keep on going. Gotta, if, hear me. If you want to understand the why, you must read and what? One more time. If you want to understand the why, you must read and... Y'all won't forget that. All right, next. I have refused to walk on any evil path so that you may, so that I remain obedient to your word. I have not departed from your laws. For look at this. For you yourself have taught me. David says, every time I open these seven books, it's like God is personally speaking to me. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time and you've read God's word, you've had this happen to you. I've had it happen. That you, you've read something, you may have read it a hundred times, but you read it that day when you most needed it. And it was like God was whispering in your ear. And sometimes God's whisper is pretty loud. Right? And we go, oh, and we're like, well, it's, it's like he's speaking to me. And let me tell you, so many different denominations, so many different churches want a new revelation from God, a fresh word from God. They want to maybe speak a, a different language or hear God speak audibly from them. But let me tell you, we're so consumed about wanting to hear God speak a new word, but we never do get into his word. How many, if you want to hear God speak audibly, here's what you need to do. You open up your Bible and you read it out loud. And you will hear the very voice of God. You will. Because this is God's word. In fact, I can tell you this. I was reading my quiet time this past week. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. If God is speaking a new word to you, I can tell you it ain't God speaking. Because this is what God's word says. That Jesus... The Word became flesh, John chapter 1. And when, God, when Jesus became flesh, he became the Word. God stopped speaking because we don't need any more than Jesus Christ. If God is speaking to you, you had too much pizza last night. I'm telling you, you open up God's Word and you read it today. But no, Pastor, I want something fresh. Well, you better get it... If, if you're saying you don't want, if this isn't fresh to you, that's more of an indication of where you're at spiritually than anything else. Oh, I'm going to preach today, and y'all won't like it. All right, keep on going. God has texted us. We should probably read it. Ding, we hear that all the time. We get the beep, ding, ding, and, and we, but we won't read God's Word. To grow closer to God, you've got to read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. And your prayers are kind of like my prayers sometimes. We ask God for stuff. God, do this for me. Make this better. Make her better. Make him better. Uh, God, if you would change this circumstance, give me more money. Give me more this. Give me more that. Give me a raise. All this stuff. But here's the thing. Could it be that God just doesn't want to do something for you, but he wants to say something to you? And that comes through this. Reading God's word. That's where it comes from. All right, next verse. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than what? Honey. 
Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. God's words are sweeter than honey. God is saying, I want you to take such great delight in reading my word. It's going to be like you're savoring an awesome dessert. I mean, think about the best dessert you've ever eaten. And God's saying, I want my word to be like that to you. Next verse. And everybody knows this verse. In fact, it's the last verse we're going to be looking at today. Everybody knows this. Your word is what? A lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Just leave that up, please. This is a picture of somebody walking down a very dark, dark alley. And they don't know which way to step, but suddenly a light appears and it shines the way along that path. And here's the thing about a lamp. They didn't have like a big halogen bulb that goes for miles. They had like a little lamp. And you would only see what is what right in front of you. So many of us, we want to see 25 steps ahead of us before we move one. Right? God's never ever going to do that. It's It's not what his word says. He says, I'm going to show you your next step. And when you take your next step, guess what he illuminates next? Your next step. You take another step. He illuminates the next step. You take another step. So, oh, there's the edge. And you see, I would not have known that if I said, just stood back here and said, God, just show me. Show me where this is. He said, no, you need to take a step of obedience. And some of you, you're expecting God to give you step two when you hadn't done step one. I mean, it's like this. God is not obligated to give you step two until you've done step one. I, I, I love my boys, and we love building Legos. I don't know why those things are so freaking expensive, by the way. Um, but, uh, I mean, we, we build Legos, and Bing loves them, Jed loves them, and Walt, I, I don't know if he you know, loves them anymore because he's 16 and he doesn't like anything. <clears throat> anyway, that's a, for another time, right? So, um, but, I mean, we'll, we'll start and we'll open up like the Star Wars Lego set. Uh, you know, the little Lego set about this that costs 70 bucks. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll go step one. And Bing is always wanting to go to step 22 because that's the end. You can't start at the end. Why? Because you've got to start at step. And when you do step one, you get to go to step. Right. Awesome. You guys are amazing. And here's what we do. Some of you keep saying, I want to know God's will for my career. I want to know God's will for my marriage. I want to know what God wants me to do and and what person he wants me to marry. And God says, okay, let's get back to the basics. Are you reading the Bible? Are Are you in a small group? Have you surrounded yourself with other people where you can do some one another's and that can encourage you? Are you giving financially to God? Because I'm really clear about that. Uh, are, are, you, are you talking with me? Have you been baptized? You see, we're, we're, I mean, God said, uh, you know, uh, let me show you step one. Are, are you even a Christ follower? Do you even have a relationship with me? You need to start doing what you already know and what God has revealed to you in your life. But he's going to show you the unknown. You got to do what's known. So what do you already know to do that you need to do? And some of you, your next step is, Chris, listen, I have got to get into a community group. Well, let me tell you, immediately after service, I'm going to be in the next steps tent. 
And if you're interested in getting into a group, I'm going to be there, and we can help you get there. Some of you are like, Chris, okay, listen, I have a relationship with God, but I've never been baptized. And God's word is so clear about that. When you know God, then guess what? That you are to tell everybody about it. That's what baptism is. It's about going public for your faith. And some of you have never done that. You meet me at the next steps, then I'm gonna sh- I- we'll help you through that. And some of you are like, well, I'm an adult. Isn't that kind of embarrassing? Let me tell you, about three years ago, I got baptized. I'm the pastor of this church, and I got baptized. Because I'd realized I'd gotten baptized before, but I didn't know God then. And I, and I came to know God after I got baptized. And God's word is very clear about that. That was my next step. Some of your next step is, you know what, I just need to get my finances right. Today, Financial Peace University is starting and you can be involved in it. But you've got to take your next step. And God's not going to show you the unknown until you've done what is known. Some of you is like, I just, I need to become a member. I need to become an owner here. I need to, I need to step it up. I need to start serving. All of those things are things that God says, you know what? That the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve. And some of you, you're not serving and you wonder, how come God won't show me the next step? Because you are not doing what you know to do. So what are you waiting for? Take your next step. Let's go back to this last verse, all right? Your word is a lamp to God. What does it say? And a light for... Now, here's what's so crazy about this. Wait a minute, David. This was written hundreds of years. Those seven books that you have was written hundreds of years before you were even born. How can something that was written hundreds of years before you were ever born that they can guide your feet and your path? That sounds so personal, David. It's very personal, and David says it is. Because God's Word is living and it is active, it is very personal. This isn't a book that only a preacher can understand, this isn't a book that you have to go to seminary to find out what to do with it. Anybody can read this. I mean, you think about this. David, do you know David never, ever went to school? He didn't get his master's in biblical counseling. Do you know this? David never went to high school. In fact, he lived in, in a time in Israel's history that academics really weren't that big of a deal. Let me tell you, David just wasn't in this for the intellectual side of it. David was a warrior. He was a poet. And he said, you know what? I just need to get into God's word just to make it through today. And it's very personable. Let me tell you, I want that so badly for you, One Church. I want all of us in here to read God's Word because it will change your life. Let me tell you uh, uh, how it, the very first time God's Word ever got very real and personal to me. I was in, I was in uh, middle school, and I played trumpet through middle school, high school, and college. And... Um, uh, somebody asked me to do a trumpet solo at my church. And it's the very first time I never, uh, you know, a solo is where it's only you, right? Some of you, you've done solos, and people wish you'd have sang solo that nobody could have heard you, right? Well, that's kind of how I was with trumpet, and I was scared to death. It was me and a piano in front of over a thousand people, and I was scared out of my gourd. Now, here's what you need to know about trumpet. It takes spit to play trumpet and when you get nervous what happens to your mouth it dries up exactly right in fact trumpet players call that cotton mouth right and it just kind of dries up so you're like 
you know? And here's something interesting about me. When I get really nervous, <laughs> my right leg starts doing this. I kid you not, I can't even make this stuff up. So here I am. I am scared to death. Now I remember before I go up there, I, I, I'm going to lose it. And I remember a friend of mine, her name is Jamie, Jamie Morris. She leaned over to me and she says, you know what, Chris? I got a verse that you need to look up. I think it might help you through this before you get up and play this solo. And this was about a week before. So she gave me this verse. It's Isaiah 41.10. And it was the very first verse that meant really something huge to me. In fact, it was my very first verse I ever memorized. It simply said this, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. At that moment, God's word became real to me. Because I was scared, and I heard him say, you got nothing to be afraid about. I've got you. And I've got this. This was written by Isaiah, 600 B.C., 2,600 years ago. And it was like God was whispering that when I, in my ear when I was in sixth grade. Let me tell you, God's word, that text message, it is personal. And he wants to speak to you today. So here's my encouragement to you. I'm just going to get you, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you to read God's Word this week. And let me tell you, it isn't rocket surgery. You don't have to be a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist. I just put them together. To be able to understand God's Word. If you don't have a Bible, we want you to have one. Please go get one. And here's what I'm going to ask you. All of you, you received today a bookmark so what I'm asking you to do is starting tomorrow I'm going to give you today off because I'm that kind tomorrow Monday I want you to read what does it say Psalm 1 exactly right I want you to read Psalm 1 and that's one of my favorite psalms every time I go canoeing I quote that that song then Tuesday I want you to read Psalm 119. By the way, where were we at tonight? Yeah, right? And then Wednesday, I want you to read Psalm 119. Thursday, I want you to read Psalm 119. In fact, Thursday, you're going to have read the verses that we just looked over today. And you're going to look at that and you're going to go, as you're reading it, dude, I understand that. And I'm going to go, wow, isn't that awesome? Because you can understand God's word. And then Friday, Proverbs 2, just six verses. How long is it going to take you to read six verses? A few minutes? Not long? I'm telling you, what's your excuse? Because you and I can do this all day long. But God is asking for a few minutes of this. So will you do it? Let me check my messages, see if we have anybody that's texted any questions. And we've got no one. So I would encourage you that as, I, as we're looking over these next four weeks, 
Next week, we're going to be looking at, is it true? Uh, can the Bible be trusted? Uh, and some of you have heard the Bible's full of holes and it contradicts itself. Does science disprove the Bible? Um, uh, does any archaeology, anything that we found, that we've dug up, disprove God's word? I'm so looking forward to next week. It's going to be amazing. I love this. I love talking about this. The week after that, um, we are going to be uh, looking at how do you practically make this a part of your everyday life? And then, the week after that, we're going to figure out how does all this fit together? Because some of you are like, okay, you, maybe you've been in church for a long time, but you don't see the big picture. Have you ever done, tried doing one of those 1,500-piece jigsaw puzzles and you didn't have the picture of the box in front of you? It's kind of frustrating. And what we're going to do on that week is we're going to give you the big picture of how all of this fits together so that you will read it. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you. I thank you so much, God, that you have uh, given us your word and that we can understand it. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for um, Lord just being able to look at Psalm 119 today. And I pray that as we dig into it this week, Lord, I pray that your spirit would just be able to reveal to us what you want us to do in our lives, some things that you want us to change, maybe some things that you want us to start doing, some attitudes that you want corrected. And Lord, that we would not just be able to read it, but Lord, for us to understand why, we've got to read and we have to apply it. So God, I pray that this week, as we get into your word, I pray that we would be able to get closer to you, which in your precious name that we pray.